Welcome to Church Unboxed, where we tackle the topics that most Christians are sometimes too scared to talk about. Each week, together with guests, I'll be uncovering issues that have been swept under the rug and listening to people who not only have inspiring stories, but in many cases are the voice of the voiceless. I'm your host, Sarah Tabo, worship leader, singer, and songwriter. Welcome this week's guest, Carmen Carroll. Carmen is a media personality, a public speaker, and an author. Her recent book, Pathways to Healing, Overcoming Childhood Trauma and Adult Pain of Sibling Estrangement, tells the story of her life from the age of six into her late 40s, being a victim of verbal and emotional abuse from some of her siblings and leading to an estranged relationship and how she overcame it all. Born into a Caribbean family, Carmen realized that discussing matters of abuse was a taboo subject in most black households. And she tackles this and more in her book, which she also hopes would be a self-help tool for those looking for answers to problems of sibling estrangement. Welcome, Carmen. Hi, Sarah. How are you? (laughs) I'm all right. Thank you. Thanks for coming on to Church Unbox. It's absolutely lovely to have you. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Indeed. I can't wait to dive into the story behind your book and what you're looking to achieve, you know, through sharing, you know, your vulnerability, being open about your personal experiences. But before we dive into the very meaty topic, um, I have a trivia for you. Um, And I do this to everyone who comes on the podcast. So if you had a surprise visitor show up at your door Mm. and you had to kind of host them with a special meal, Remember, they're a surprise visitor. You weren't expecting. What would you whip up as a meal for a surprise guest to your house? Oh, you know what? I was just thinking um, rice and peas and chicken. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a lot of work. But yes, I know where to go if I need to surprise someone with a visit. So, yeah. And that, that's really really good it doesn't, but no, it doesn't take that long to cook to be honest we've been cooking it for years you can whip it up quite quickly yeah i bet i agree totally totally but no so tell us a bit about your story your journey and how you came to where you are today as an author of this very interesting book yeah i think my journey started obviously when i was quite young um not knowing that my journey would take me to a path to becoming an author it wasn't mm-hmm. something that i really had on my radar when i was younger But um, my journey started when I was about six and I found that I was being treated uh, quite harshly by one of my parents, particularly my father. I found um, he was very strict and I found that he also treated me differently to the other siblings. And so I I almost thought, okay, is there something wrong with me? Why why do I warrant this amount of aggression and this amount of um, bad treatment? And growing up in that, I never knew who I was. Mm. I, never, I never felt the love of my dad because my dad used to work in construction so he would be away from the home for two weeks up, up to a time two weeks at a time and um so mum would look after the kids and so when he came home I felt like I never knew this person mm. I felt like he never got to know me and I think you know coming from the Caribbean or Jamaica um our parents go through lots of different difficulties mm. in the country uh, you know finding housing finding a decent job being accepted adjusting mm. to the weather even you know little yeah. things like that can have a big impact on your psychological being and so I found that my dad had a lot of frustration for his own experiences and um, he took that out within the family and I felt I got a lot of brunt on that and so growing up later on um, I found later that some of my siblings started treating me similar 
or oh. in a very negative way. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. So obviously when you're going through something like that, you don't know what it is, do you, when you're young? Mm, this, this is uh, not a normal sibling relationship, you know, but you still go through it because it's your environment that you've grown up in. And because you don't have the words to express yourself, you think it's normal. And were you the youngest? I was the, I am the youngest of uh, eight children, uh, oh, Sarah. Wow. But um, just to clarify, we didn't all grow up in the same home because mm. my parents had kids before they got together. So obviously some of my siblings are older than me. And so you can understand the different dynamics of that for any any anybody really, you know, your mm. family is never as simple as <laughs> ABC, is it? So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. more complicated than it can be. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was this a Christian household? So did you find that um, you went to church and it was great and then you came home and it was a different story? Well, my fair, my my I, my home was uh, I'll say a religious home mm. because when I was growing up, my parents weren't Christians, but as you know, a part of our culture is to go to church, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So our parents would send us off to church, and I always used to say, "Why don't you come to church? You're always sending us. Why don't you go as well?" <laughs> so, um, but I think it was a part of our tradition to go to church. But I never became a Christian until I was sixteen, mm-hmm. and at the time when I found God. <laughs> Or did God find me, whichever hmm. you want to look at it. I found that I needed a father figure at that time because obviously mm. you're going through the transition of teenagehood and all what's encompassed in that is, is enough to deal with without the extra stresses of not feeling that you belong, not feeling you're accepted just mm. for who you are. So I found that in my finding God that I found that, oh, there's this God that loves me just for me. There's mm. this God that accepts me but not even just a God, a father, mm. a father that accepts me, that I don't have to work really hard to get him to love me. He just loves me just for me. So going through that transition of accepting that God loves me for me, then that helped me to start loving me because mm. he loved me just for me. I had to start um, working through those insecurities that I had growing up. Um, and that was really good. And that was really helpful for me. Even mm. though my journey was really hard after that, we think because we become Christians that our journey become easier. L- listen, it don't. Yeah, yeah, I know firsthand. <laughs> it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, um, you've titled your book "Overcoming Childhood Trauma," and I think for anyone to sit down and write about that, you must have had some very telling, you know, experiences that have probably stayed with you through your childhood and into adulthood, which have prompted you to want to to chronicle your experience. Are you okay to share some of, you know, what it is that prompted you to say, you know what, I am going to write a book about these traumatizing experiences? Well, I think my my journey on on my pathway started when I was younger, like I said, but Mm -hmm. I used to journal a lot, um, Sarah, when I was younger. I don't know if you did as well. Mm -hmm. I used to write journals and just write my aspirations and write my disappointments, you know, in Mm -hmm. the safety of those books, isn't it? And it's not until I was later on in my probably late 20s, early 30s, I realized, oh, Don, what have I got in all these books, you know? And then I started mm-hmm. realizing that I actually wrote my story in there. Mm-hmm. That's quite a surprise to me because I found that as you're walking through something, you don't always review what you've just gone through. You're just trying yeah, to get right. through it. Yeah, yeah. So I started collating this information together and then I started sharing with a small group of friends. And they were saying to me, Carmen, you know, you've got a lot to share here with other people to help other people. I thought, no, this is my personal stuff. I'm not sharing it to nobody. Mm-hmm. I don't want no one to know that I've gone through this. 
And I actually, at the time when I was going through it, I didn't know what it was called until I came across mm-hmm. a book um, by a lady called Beverly Ingle. And she writes books on emotional abuse and sexual abuse. Yeah. And she mentioned the word emotional abuse. And I thought, when she mentioned that in the book, a light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, oh, is that what it's called? So when I had a word mm-hmm. for it, I then was able to walk through my journey. And so in, in answering your question, I found that through my journey, um, at family gatherings or just getting together with some of the family mm-hmm. stuff would happen where I'll be blamed and shamed for stuff that I didn't do, mm-hmm. where I'll be targeted more harshly than the others. And I found, okay, what what is what what warrants this sort of behavior? And mm-hmm. I would ask the question, what have I done? Let me know. And so I can apologize, but there was never anything that I had done that mm-hmm. would warrant that much um, aggression. And mm-hmm. so I then started thinking, okay, there's something wrong with me. Hmm. And when you start saying there's something wrong with me, you then start saying there's something wrong with me as a person, as a human, and that brings on blame and shame. So there's a whole mm-hmm. cumbersome of, of of things that you have to decipher when you go through emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. That you need to get some breath into your lungs to breathe again. Mm-hmm. And so it's really difficult to get that when you're in it because you don't know mm-hmm. what it is. But then I realized that these sometimes these things can be generational. Mm. So there's a part in my book where I where I talk about generational issues, mm-hmm. where I talk about family roots has feuds, that there are evidences sometimes within our relationships and our families that we can see things that are happening on a generational basis. Say, for instance, that the men are all abusive or the yeah. women are aggressive. Yeah, and yeah. That's a pattern you see in the family. Uh, sometimes our generational stuff gives us clues but it sometimes takes somebody with a bit more intuition and a bit more insight to identify what that actually is and say you know what Mm. this has to stop now this has to stop in in our family yeah yeah and it's a good thing that you've just talked about generational sort of inclinations because you know as we've already identified not just in the caribbean families but in general in black families Mm. certain things are considered normal you know they're considered culture you know you get told off in very violent ways somehow not just with words but with equipment if you like <laughs> and, and 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 it's, so it's not just physical and not just emotional but sometimes physical abuse and 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 in some instances these are deemed the norm these are deemed yeah this is how you you know discipline your child there is a place for discipline but from your experiences how do you draw the line or given what you've you know written in your book as well how do you draw the line between discipline because obviously you can't always have you know nice things to say to your kids if they do something wrong you tell them off um how would you say we have to draw that line between disciplining a child in love and you know how does it cross over because sometimes parents really get genuinely angry so from your experience and from your book what do you have to share on that i think there is a line whereby if you go over to the point where you can't stop yourself Mm -hmm. i think that that's gone too far I think when you can't control what you're doing to somebody else, that's gone too far um, mm-hmm. because you can get caught up in the anger and the aggression of it. And sometimes people black out in terms of they, they forget what they're actually doing. And it's almost like it's got to come out. It's like a pressure valve, isn't it? It's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's because it's got a release now. And unfortunately, sometimes it does come out on the partners or the, the, um, the husband yeah. or, the wife or the children or wherever. And it's that's unfortunate. But I think when you can't stop what you're doing and not recognise what you're doing has gone too far, then I think that's a quite a dangerous place to be in. Yeah. And as we yeah. know, domestic abuse is a big thing in our in, in our in our yeah. society today. You know, exactly. where a lot of people are are, are are taking their pressure out on their partners, 
and, and their uh, children even and their children yeah, yeah, yeah and their children so it's unfortunate i think when you can't control it i think you've gone too far Mm-mm-mm-mm. and i know you said you gave your life to christ when you're 16 you be- became a christian at the age of 16 how did that change the way that you were able to cope with presumably what you were still experiencing at home i think it gave me um a glimmer of hope that I didn't mm. really have because I'm I, I don't I think I mentioned that I used to write my in my journal but I also used to write poetry when I was younger mm-hmm. I used to also draw and then I realized when I was doing that Sarah that I was actually self-soothing I was giving myself a sort of some form of therapy but not knowing that's what I was doing mm-hmm. so I found that through the words that I wrote it gave me hope and when the, I read the bible I, it gave me hope and then I thought okay let me just get closer to this God then because if he's saying all of these things for me I want that but then I realized like I said it it, it almost like got worse mm. and um I, there's this chapter in a book called tag your next and I found that at different stages in my life I seem to have people that had these traits um that were very mm. uh, abusive or very negative but then I thought okay how am I attracting these sort of people to me why right. what am I doing I ain't doing nothing I'm just being me you know but I then realized that like I said some of these things are generational and some of these things are spiritual as well yeah, yeah. I think you can't separate the spiritual aspect of being abused um in any shape or form from the picture because if you do then you're trying to say that it's just the individual but there are influences that also have an impact on the person's uh, actions mm. people are influenced by negative and positive things at the same time so yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely and um in your through, through the course of your journey you probably would have i'm guessing gone maybe to have some therapy or some treatment is this something that you needed or was becoming a christian pretty much the solution if you like to the issues that you had experienced from you oh, know, that's interesting the abuse. Like, yeah. yeah I found that I never went for therapy per se mm. not until later on I realized that yeah. I had an issue um, because sometimes you can be normalized to pain you can be normalized mm. to the conditions of how your family dynamics are and but it's not until you see something different and you realize okay this isn't normal or this isn't healthy um, so I later on I did go for uh, restoring the foundation which is looking at the soul issues and looking mm. at how you um, things that you've partnered with in the spirit and breaking mm. those soul ties and I had some sozo um, uh, counseling which is also Christian based again and I also had some um, words of prophecy from groups of different people right. and, um, I found that through those groups of people that have given me the prophecy Sarah now or some of them are like six years ago hmm. I found that they are being fulfilled now and I think oh, wow. you are just awesome you are just so amazing Lord absolutely amazing and so I hold on to those prophecies that I received and it encourages me to and reminds me what God said to me and that God knew where I was. He knew where I was in the pain. He knew where I was in the disappointment and he knew where I was when I came out of it. So I just give God thanks for that because um, I want to give other people hope to let them know that they can come out of wherever they may find themselves in their own journey. Mm-hmm. And I realized Sarah that what I went through wasn't just to go through it for any, no reason. I had to ask God, what's the purpose of this? Yeah. This is hard, man. Yeah. This is hard. And I realized it was for other people. So I'm mm-hmm. giving, God gave me my voice back and I want to help other people to get their voices as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, having had several siblings and presumably your parents, or at least one parent, be both emotionally and physically abusive to you, 
how did you see the place of forgiveness in, in your healing? Because I would imagine that you might have a sense of um, resentment almost towards yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I think forgiveness played a really big part, but it was only some of my siblings. It wasn't all of them. It was only some of them. So I just want to clarify that. Um, I think <laughs> healing is obviously a journey in itself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because the fact with, with, he, with forgiveness, you can't unknow what you know what's happened to you. Hmm. And so you almost got to make a decision not to be rem- not to allow yourself to be reminded about that because mm-hmm. you have to at some point let things go so you can live again and so mm-hmm. you can like I said breathe again and walk in the purposes that God has for you. And so forgiveness is a, a daily thing. Um, it was a it was a, a daily thing in the abuse. It was a daily thing um, when we were reconciled. It was a daily um, thing. Now that I'm estranged from some of my siblings, it's a daily thing for me. It's not something mm. that just goes away. It's not something that just um, stops because the devil will want you to stay in the bitterness. Would want you to wallow in it, and what mm. what that does, it stops you from fulfilling the purposes God has for you, mm. and it stops you from being free. And it's for freedom that Christ came to set us free. So I realize that for me, I want to be free, and I yeah. want my siblings to be free, however that looks for them. I still love my siblings very dearly, but there mm. comes a time in some people's lives where um, these things do actually happen, and they make a decision for themselves as well. Because estrangement isn't just for my my part. It's also they've made decisions as well. So it's not mm. just me doing the separation. It's it's them also making decisions. So it comes in many different shapes and forms, forgiveness. But sometimes you're mm. okay. And then you think, okay, God, help me to forgive here, Lord. Help me just, even today I did another forgiveness. Mm. I keep on letting it go because with pain, Sarah, there's layers. Mm. And I want to be at the point where I don't have any triggers in me that will cause mm. the enemy to come in and to entrap me again. And yeah, so yeah. And saying God help me to forgive help me to forgive and letting that go and walking through that and sometimes in the forgiveness there is reconciliation at the end I'll say yeah, that yeah. Sometimes, there is. sometimes there isn't but you have to get to a place where you can let it go where you can talk about it like I am with you now and mm. it's nothing with you Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I mean, probably looking into the church, you know, we do have very many black uh, majority churches in the UK and basically globally. And obviously, culture does permeate into church. It kind of bleeds into church, if you like. So you may find in the black church that, you know, these things go unnoticed. They go on, on, on you know, they pretty much go ignored in some cases they actually are blatantly done in church and nobody says nobody bats an eyelid you know do you think the church is aware that emotional and physical abuse particularly within families is an issue especially in the black you know black majority churches where the culture kind of overlaps the doctrine and the theology and so it may be permissible you know they may not even see that there's a crossover or the lines are being crossed in those areas I think from what I've seen when I was growing up in church is that it was almost like, say, for instance, if a woman was experiencing domestic abuse, mm. it was almost like there was tell the woman to stay with the, the husband. Mm. And I thought, what sort of advice is that? Mm-hmm. Why not help her? Help her and her children if she's got children. So I always found that was a bit strange. Why wouldn't they not help this woman or get this man some counselling? Or mm-hmm. I found that really bizarre how they spiritualised everything. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like this is a real, real issue. Why are you making it so spiritual that you can't mm-hmm. deal with it? So some things that I found very frustrating because I, I thought that was 
it's almost like they were trying to teach us like it was okay to stay with somebody if they were beating you mm. well that's dangerous that's dangerous mm-hmm. that's dangerous advice so mm-hmm. but they, I think each, each situation is different but I found when in my own journey that I never found a lot of support within church mm. um, because I never found that I could talk to anybody per se about what I was going through because it was so personal I mm-hmm. found that it was really difficult to even talk to really close friends about it Mm. because I never knew the depth of it until I got later on in my life that other family ma- family members were treating me the same. And I thought, wow, this is really a deep thing. Mm. But I never found, when I did find somebody, to be honest with you, Sarah, oh my goodness, they were treating me the same. Oh dear. I'm they so sorry being, to hear that. They were being spiritually abusive. Oh dear. They were using God to do what they were doing and they were being emotionally and manipulative, manipulative and controlling. Mm. So I found I I thought this is it now. I I've had you know it's like really what what else can go on here in this situation? So I found someone really close to me, Sarah, that I shared my stuff, and then I I was praying to God, Lord, I want to know the truth. Um, in my relationships with my family, I want to know the truth in the relationship with my friends, and then mm-hmm. God was showing me. I prayed it, and He showed me, and it wasn't good. Mm. he unveiled my eyes to see the truth behind their intentions or that was really difficult to go through but I found that so in church then I then when externally I went to different um, bodies and groups of people like um, Mm -hmm. Dr. Henry Cloud who's a Christian psychologist who deals with boundaries Um, Katie Souza who deals with the issues of the soul the will, mm. mind, and the emotions, you know, and um, Dr. Romani, she is a psychologist in America and she deals with narcissistic behavior. Mm. So I, I found that I, I I went externally. I couldn't find a lot in, in, in the United Kingdom per se right. around the issues. It, it was really difficult to, to walk that journey and not find anything close and nothing. Mm. Yeah. So that was that, that in itself told me that it wasn't a big issue, that it wasn't mm-hmm. as that it wasn't highlighted, that it's almost like, it's a siblings, man, don't worry about it. Just go, just, 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 just accept it. Which is sad, isn't it? Yeah. In you, if someone's making you feel unvalued and not mm. honoring you, not respecting you, you should not be, you should not be accepting that. I don't care who it is. Mm. So mm. Um, I think the church needs to buck up and just start dealing with the issues of, people's lives yeah 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 yeah. and i mean you just talked about spiritual abuse which is a a really big thing people are starting to wake up to but for somebody who's listening who doesn't even know what the red flags are on identifying if you're being spiritually abused do you want to just highlight a few things that would be red flags in a relationship a person may have with especially that somebody they're opening up to being vulnerable to looking for help from not realizing that they're being manipulated so what would you say would be some red flags to say hold on a minute spiritual abuse is happening here but there are a few things, and I think some of them is whereby the person is um, quite grandiose. They're very, um, very uh, self-absorbed, I guess. Mm. They're very, they, you know, they know everything, you know, they, 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 they're close to God, you know, more than Jesus, you know. Mm. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. You know, they're really close to God. They hear God every day. You know, God tells them what to do, what to eat, what to put on. You know, it's really over the top. And Mm. uh, it's almost like they find something in you that they can connect with and almost mirror that you've gone through pain, so they've gone through pain. 
You mm-hmm. can't go through anything that they haven't gone through. You can't do anything that they've never done. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like how many things can you do in a, in a lifetime? You can't mm-hmm. do everything that somebody else has done. And, um, and they use, they use God as a method to get you to do stuff that you probably wouldn't do. Right. They make it very spiritual. They make it seem like God told me to tell you, um, I hear God say this about this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And so it's very coated in religion. I, sh- I should probably say one of them faith. Um, mm. Very, very hard to spot if you're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like you get some sort of. I did see the signs, Sarah, but I wasn't watching them properly. You feel li- you feel almost like, why are you better? Why do you feel better than me? Why are you? Why are you why are you always the the truth, the oracle of truth? Why are mm, you always mm, mm, mm. the right in this area? Why can't I be right? Why can't my opinions? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Matter, there's a lot yeah. there. It's so it's so hard to miss if you're not aware of it. But the funny thing is, what you've just said paints the picture of I can name a few pastors literally who you've just literally described. Oh, okay. A few I can I can literally picture a few heads of churches yeah. that tick all those boxes, and it, it's yeah. sad to say that that could well be a case where. A good number of people are actually right now congregations in the church that the leader is exercising yeah. spiritual abuse. So if yeah. you're listening, you may just want to prayerfully think about what Carmen has just said and ask yourself if you're in the right place and just pray to God to lead you to where he needs you to be, where you can be planted and where you can grow and flourish. Right. So we're going to be wrapping it up, but I have just one more question with you for you, and it's to do with your book. So it's a pathway to healing. And I'd like to encourage people to get this. It's on Amazon, I presume. And where else can it be um, sourced? Yeah, it's going to be on Barnes and Noble and Waterstone and um, also a few other platforms. I want to um, get it on Audible. So I'll, I'll be updating my website, which is CarmenCarroll.com. And Carol is spelled C-A-R-R-O-L. And I can also get it in Kindle now. Well, that's fantastic. Good stuff, good stuff. So what I was going to ask you is about the word healing and um, what things you would say to somebody listening, apart from reading your book, that they could start putting to practice in their lives to begin to experience and enjoy healing if they've if they've been through whether it's physical emotional or even spiritual abuse from family or from spiritual um, influences in their lives i think one of the things that for me i had to actually just acknowledge that i had to i went through it mm. because sometimes you can't heal something that you don't acknowledge Mm. Um, so I actually had to, you know, just basically take 100% responsibility for me, for Carmen. And I actually say, yeah, I've been through that. I know I've been through that. So what am I now going to do? Mm. So it's actually acknowledging it first and then finding external support, trusted support, by the way, um, mm. that people that can help you. It could be Christian or non-Christian. I think it's just actually getting a space where you feel safe to talk. Because when you keep it inside, it, it, it makes things worse. So getting mm. it out and also finding actually, you know, good resources. I did find some good resources. I got some in the book that good. people can um, tap into themselves. And mm. um, journal. I journaled and that helped me a lot. And mm. I think that would help a lot of people just to get out of your head. There are a couple of chapters in the book where I actually take people through uh, action steps just mm-hmm. to, uh, just to review what they've just read how they're feeling there are going to be triggers in the book let's just say but <laughs> you know, um just take your time through it don't do it all in one because it's too much to layers isn't it 
Take yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's really fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Carmen, for spending your time, sharing your story, and bringing some truth and hope, hopefully, to those who've been listening and who may have had similar experiences to what you've been through and you've overcome. You've been listening to the Church on Box podcast with me, Sarah Tabo. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's program, please visit the Church on Box Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to hear more about what I think about today's topic, go and sign up for our email list at www.churchonbox.net and we'll be in touch.